It's time to raise the roof for our latest regular season podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to this latest episode of Raise the Roof. I wish I could be recording this and we could be recording this during happier times with the Rays, but unfortunately, that's not necessarily the case right now. They're um, going through a bit of a dry spell, a bit of a just not great vibe. Uh, time right now uh, they've officially lost the series to the Phillies at at home uh, with tonight's loss um, following their 4th of July loss against them I believe that was a 3-1 loss um, so the, I believe in their last I think t- uh, they're like 10 and 11 in their last 21 games not really ideal overall it's just been uh, just a slump I mean they're hitting a slump I don't know if it's at the best time or at the worst time going into the All-Star break. I can't, but yeah. I can't wait for a week. I, I've never looked forward to the All-Star break more. I usually hate the All-Star break because then it means like no sports on for that Wednesday and Thursday. But, man, I cannot wait. I'm, I am – I just don't want to watch the Rays baseball. That Like they're – as they're playing right now, it's just not – obviously I'll watch, but it's just not fun. Yeah, it's definitely been a struggle, to say the least, about the Rays. Uh, and we'll talk about that. Uh, right now, it's me and uh, Evan Gibby will be coming on, hopefully shortly, uh, to talk about what's going on so far in the Philly series. We'll go back and talk about what happened uh, over the weekend in Seattle. It seems like, and you know, coming off of what happened in the Diamondback series where the Rays uh, were, I mean, they had chances in the first game. They scored in one inning and then didn't score again for the rest of the game. They ended up losing that game by a few runs. And somehow in that in that uh, second game of the series, they looked absolutely lifeless until the ninth inning. Uh, they score a couple runs to end up winning that game. Josh Lowe with the game-winning double in the gap. And I know that he put out something. Light, I was just going to say, somehow lifeless seemed like an understatement. I'm not going to lie. For the, for the first eight innings – it like it didn't look like we wanted to even be on the field, like some of those at bats, and I'm, I'm I I don't really care at anymore because it didn't really mean anything in the end. We won the game, but yeah, no, that was probably one of like that. I mean, we had no business winning that game. I'll just say that. Mm. And I know that we put out something on Twitter about you know just how, uh, just thoughts about observations, thoughts about the team. People then proceeded to get at us because of the fact that the Rays had won three straight and now we're here. So um, definitely things have not been great recently coming off of that. Uh, the, um, you know, again, that that ninth inning in the second game, the third game was 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 great. Yanni had a really good outing. Not so much tonight but had a really good outing against Arizona, and that was a good win, a good good series on the road, good series win on the road against a good team that was winning their division, still winning their division. Um, I think I think they still are. If not, they're in second place, and they're, they're, they're a playoff team, I should say that. Uh, that was a great series then, win. I'll, I'll be complaining yeah. a lot this podcast, but I have to say that was an awesome series win. So that that is one – that is probably one of the only good things I'll say today, but – yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they looked good in that series. They looked really, really good in the first game against Seattle. And then it just, uh, you know, didn't look that strong the second game. The third game, there's a play that it basically changed the trajectory of the entire game. Um, it's yeah, – I, I, I understand now looking at it that it can be called both ways. But 
I feel like there has to be something more that needs to be done there because it was a situation where no one was going to win um, because, you know, Isak wasn't going to stop and wait until France got through him and France wasn't going to stop and try to avoid him any other way yeah. um, because he probably would have gotten called out for going outside of the base path. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a situation that no one really knows what to do. They called it as they did. Uh, it ended up, you know, causing a number of runs to score because Taj, you know, the um, uh, the wheels came off the bus for him. They end up losing that game, and then they end up losing the first and two games of I, the series against the Phillies so far. I would like to say, during Saturday's game, uh, I'm totally putting that game on cash. Uh, Glass now looked great. Um, why on earth did he put in Beeks in that seventh inning? Down one run? Like... I'm just like I, I, I have no idea what he what he was doing there. Um, you probably pull you probably put in probably your worst bullpen arm down one run on the road. Like I get it if it's like a three or four run deficit, but a one run game, I have no idea what happened. And Beeks blew basically the game got out of hand in that seventh inning. Um, maybe I'm missing something, but I just I was like, what on earth, like. I have absolutely no reason or idea why Cash did that. Um, and it did not work out at all. And then, yeah, that Sunday game was just one of those. It, it, it really just was like a 50-50 call. I don't know what the official rule of that play is. Um, I, I honestly get why they ruled it like that. Because I'm not going to, like, if you think about like this, like, Theoretically, he probably would have been safe anyways. It would have been a really, really tough play for Isak to make. He probably would have beaten it out. And but it, it still sucks. I'm glad that he's okay though. I thought he was seriously injured and he was back in the lineup on Monday or on Tuesday, sorry. So that was good to see that he wasn't injured. But yeah, just I mean, one of those games that I, I don't know what happened there. Um the bullpen looked awful again. Poche gave up a meatball and then Adam just kind of collapsed. So yeah. Yeah. That was a really bad outing from Adam. I mean, he gave up a run without giving up a hit, two walks and two hit batters. That's just like any reliever. That's, that's, that's inexcusable uh, to, you know, to allow that's, you know, giving up like one walk in the inning or something like that. I mean, you you can't give up four free passes like that and expect to not give up a run. Um, but yeah, then, going to that. Oh, wait, sorry, my bad. No, go, go, go for it. No, so I was gonna say about the Paredes call because originally I was like, well, he and you know, regardless of where he was, um, where they collided, because I think that when we put that on Twitter, that that wasn't the full, um, picture because they had they had collided while he was in the baseline. They just ended up outside of the baseline on the grass, um. So I, I, I take the blame on that in terms of not finding a better photo that was of them actually colliding where the ball was. The ball had been past them at that time, but um, Evan Klotsky, uh over at Tampa Bay 10 put out a really, really good uh, video just kind of analyzing the play itself. And I agree with him, and I, I think the same way too, that uh, Paredes was trying to make a play, and he kind of olayed the ball because – I think he was freaked out and, you know, in the back of his mind of like, I'm about to get absolutely demolished by this dude running at me. Yeah. Uh, so he, who, who, I, I think that there has to be that middle ground of 
Um, I, I think he should have been called out. I don't know why the third base umpire was overruled, but I mean, it, there was no good situation here because there was going to be controversy on both sides. I, I just think that it would have made more sense if it would have been obstruction of the runner, because again, the reason why Yanni did what he did, or sorry, the reason why Isak did what he did, not, not Yanni. The reason why Isak did what he did is, was a, the cause of what the runner was doing. Ty France going to third base. Like that was a direct cause of it. He was understandably freaked out about what he was about to, and you know, what was about to happen to him. Yeah. We say that you cut Sorry. out a little bit. Sorry. He was just, I mean, he was understandably <laughs> freaked out. He, he was understandably freaked out about what was about to happen to him, which as we saw was, a dude basically getting body checked in the middle of a baseball field and getting the wind taken out of him. And it looking like he had gotten a, a concussion or something severe like that. It was, it, it was, that was not a small hit. Like, I mean, and no. obviously like no fault, no fault on either player, obviously. Like it was just one of those plays where it was, it was just unfortunate for both players. And I think the other player, who was it? Mike Ford. Who was the other player? I forget. Uh, uh, Ty, Ty France was the player. Who Ty hit France. Him. Is he, I think he was okay, so I'm glad that both guys are okay. Um, but yeah, it, that series. I mean, I, I know, I know. Last year, I think we took three out of four in Seattle, but it does just feel like Seattle is not a fun place to play. I mean, Seattle, it's not because Seattle's not a great, not a great team this year. Um, I, I mean, record wise, they were better last year, and we were able to take three out of four men. But I remember, man, well, Margot became like the best player of all time that series last year. But I remember two years ago. We got swept in Seattle. We lost all three games, I think. Um, might have been a four. I think it was a four-game series, actually. We lost all four games. So, yeah, it's just one, one of those places where it's tough to play. Um, I mean, they're not a bad team by any sense. They're underperforming, I think, but they're not a bad team. And, yeah, that's a series that is just like – I think early in the season, we win that series. To, we win that game on Sunday, and we take the series. And – Unfortunately, that's not how it worked out this way. But yeah, and and going into the Philly series, um, I, I'm going to say something, and I don't want it to sound bad because Eflin did look amazing yesterday. Um, he pitched; he looked really, really good. However, and he's not the reason why we lost. I'm not saying this, but he loves to throw O2 and one two pitches right down the middle. I don't know if you've noticed that but their first two runs were their first run was a double a back-to-back doubles and that second double the pitch it was I think it was a 0-2 or 1-2 pitch and it was right down the middle I have absolutely no idea what he was doing and the same exact thing happened on the second run it was it was he was a strike away from getting on the inning or I think he was a strike away from getting the second out and he threw another pitch right down the middle so I don't know what the sequencing is there or if he just made a mistake or what but it does seem like he does that often. And I don't know if he thinks he just has the stuff to overpower, which, yes, he struck. I mean, he struck out seven people. I think he st- struck out seven batters yesterday. So he does have that capability of striking out, play, uh, out batters. But I don't know. I'd like to see him expand the zone and even throw it out of the zone, make him chase, especially when you have a couple pitches in hand. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, didn't really notice that until you just said it. Um, I, I know that he definitely is a guy who tries to 
pepper the zone a lot, get, get a lot of pitches in the zone, um, and try to command the zone as much as possible. Now, in doing so, especially on, I, I think on pitches like you know, in 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 counts like that, in favorable counts for him, um, definitely not throwing down the middle is the is is the way to go to try to make a guy chase or whatever it might be. Um, so I don't know how I feel about that sort of sequencing of things, but I definitely, um, I definitely think he's someone that has done a really, really good job this year, just overall of commanding the zone well and getting a lot of, um, first pitch strikes and trying to get ahead of the count and stuff like that. So I think that that's a testament to what he's been able to do this year. And I know that the Rays have worked a lot with him on, uh, trying to increase his breaking pitches and getting away from some of the tendencies that he had when he was on the Phillies uh, to try to become more effective. And I think that that's worked out well so far. Uh, but I also know, I mean, it, it's, it's weird because it's a night and day thing now when you look at his, I mean, even he's had struggles at home as well, but you look at his splits on the road and at home and it's just, you know, it, it's, it's quite literally a night and day thing. And I, I, I hope that he will start to get to that point where he kind of neutralizes out and becomes a good pitcher in both places and I, I hope the Rays do the same thing too, because it's you know it's very very indicative of what the Rays have done so far this year, which is they've been a good team at home, but on the road they've they've had way more struggles, and it's been way more of an issue, a glaring issue. Uh, so I'm I'm really really hoping that isn't the case moving forward, because I mean that just spells disaster. You don't want to be a team that is really, really good at one place and then not good in another place. Like, I mean, the, eventually yeah. they're going to need to play on the road if they make the playoffs. Yeah, even if even if they're the number one team in AL and they get home field throughout the playoffs, it does, like, you, you still, yes, obviously, theoretically, you cannot, you can be undefeated at home and not have to win what the good teams do. The good team are business. If they have a chance to clinch the series on the road, they do that. It's exactly like the Hurricanes were last year. I'm my my out of baseball comparisons in terms of other pro sports, but I mean the Hurricanes won. I think they won every game at home last in last year's playoffs, and it, it you can't you can't do that more so baseball because it it'll tax your bullpen. You can't play seven game series or, or sorry, well five game series and then a seven game series. You can't play that many games in that many days and expect to kind of stave it off. You have to be able to win on the road. And yeah, something's got to change. I don't know what's, I don't know why that is. Cause typically in, in the recent, in recent years, the Rays have been really, really good on the road and not very good at home. So I'm not sure what I guess necessarily changed this year. Um, but it's, yeah, it's gotta be fixed. Yeah, um, I I don't really know what is going on one way or another. Again, this is this is definitely in terms of what we've seen so far this season. This is the worst stretch that we've seen from the Rays, and it's still basically them playing 500 baseball. So, for any other team, I'm sure you know, uh, even teams that are have slight winning records or whatever it is, I'm sure that they would um, love to have that. Especially losing teams to be able to be as bad as they are and still basically just floating around the 500 mark is really impressive, but this is definitely not the race team that we've seen from the last, you know, first couple, you know, like the first two months of the season, uh, they've, and that's the thing rushed from that point. And I think I said this in the last podcast, but yes, slumps are inevitable in baseball. It's so long of the season that you're bound to have a stretch where 
you're not playing well, but it's the way that we're losing these games. Like, I mean, tonight, I mean, going back to Seattle series, we were in both those games, probably should have won Sunday's game Saturday. Yeah, I can, we probably shouldn't have won that game. Um, but I do, but I do think cash kind of gave it away with putting beaks in there. And yeah, these last two games, I mean, yesterday's game was just extremely frustrating. The runs that the police scored, they just squeaked them out. And I mean, I think the first one was, like I said, with two outs and with two strikes. And the second one was, would have been with two outs if Wander made that play because it happened right after an error. So it would have happened with two outs had Wander made that play, made, made that play. And it's just, it's not, I don't know. It, it's weird. It's, it, they're, they're very, very frustrating games because we're in, we just haven't been able to win those 50 50 games recently, like on Monday, like on Sunday, and like on, or sorry, like on Tuesday, like on Sunday, and like on Saturday. I mean, we were in all three of those games and we lost all three of them. So, and I know the Mariners game on Sunday, it was eight to three final, but I mean, it was three to two in the seventh inning. So it was a close game throughout the whole thing. And we just haven't been able to pull out those close games. And, that's what happens when we have a subpar bullpen, I guess, is when those games are close. I mean, at, at this point, I don't really feel comfortable with like a four run lead with this bullpen because anything can happen unless McClanahan's pitching because he'll, he'll get into the, into the seventh inning. So you don't have to use the bullpen much, but yeah, it's the, these, these close games that could go either way. It's that's, what's more frustrating about it. And I haven't really felt that comfortable with starting pitching either because Shane just went on the IL with with back related stuff. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he left early in his last two starts and complained about something. And uh, you know now we're at this point where he's going to be on the IL until at least the all you know pro- probably through the All Star break going into the end of July or I guess the middle to the end of July. And then we have uh, Yanni had a blow up start today. He's been. He's been serviceable, but he's also shown a lot of vulnerabilities as a pitcher. I mean, he's he's definitely not the same guy that we saw in 2018, 2019. He's still a good pitcher, but not to that level of, of reliability that we've seen him at previously. Um, Taj is still a rookie. He's 22 years old. He's got a lot to learn. And as a result of that, he's going to get rattled at times. He's still trying to get used to different situations uh, as a pitcher. And he definitely is not anywhere close to being, you know, fully refined as a pitcher. Glass now still coming off the IL and he's still trying to get back to his, um, you know, pre injury form. So there's a lot of things that are, especially with the starting pitching now, um, there's just a lot of things that aren't going well and compiling that, with the bullpen showing at times that they've been really, really good. And at other times guys have been able, you know, guys have fallen apart, guys have blown up. It just creates a, and I mean, I, I think the offense has been relatively okay throughout the stretch. Uh, I know recently, maybe not as much, but for the most part, they've been pretty good. Uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not saying they've been great, but they've been pretty good. So that combined with uh, a bullpen that is shakier than what we've usually or what what we've gotten used to and starting pitching that's been decimated with injuries and having to travel on the road uh, to the West Coast for two different West Coast series over the last month, if I'm not mistaken, 
Um, plus the fact that I think the Rays still have the most games played in baseball. I mean, it's just all a recipe for disaster and them needing the all-star break more than ever uh, for just yeah, some time I... to unwind and time to relax and regroup. I mean, it's, it's cr- absolutely crazy what's going on right now. And again, still, they're still in first place by five games. Baltimore won tonight, so that that lead de- decreased by a game. But, uh, you know, they're still ahead in the division. They're still firmly in a playoff spot. All of that stuff is still true. But there's just a lot of things that are going on that are very uncharacteristic of what we've seen the Rays play like this year uh, that are really, really concerning moving forward. And hopefully a lot of those issues can be solved by just guys getting healthy guys getting more rest things like that but if those kind of issues exist after those things happen then that's definitely something that we need to continue to address moving forward and i mean we i think we definitely i mean i think we definitely need more pitching i mean tonight i like i have never ever seen i don't think i've ever seen a game where i like where there were more meatballs i mean i feel like every other pitch was a pitch right down the middle that was just asking for the Phillies to hit it. It was, I mean, the Phillies could have scored 14 runs tonight. They had what 18 hits, I think. And yeah, they had a ridiculous amount of hits, which is, I mean, that's just you're 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 not going to win a baseball game giving up 15 plus hits in a game. That's just, and I think they by the fifth inning or like with with one out in the fourth inning, they they had given up 12 hits, and I was like, yeah. Jesus Lord, how is this even possible? It was it was mind sorry they had seventeen hits but it was just mind boggling having to watch that like just it was every other pitch I swear it was just like it it seemed like the Rays pitchers were just asking the Phillies to hit the ball like it was like oh I'll throw you another meatball and the I mean the Phillies offense came to play but I think it was honestly more so just awful pitching by the Rays I yeah, mean was, I don't I mean, think it's... I don't think a single a single good pitcher looked good tonight other than maybe Diekman. I would say maybe maybe him, but he had a he had a pretty decent outing. Yeah, I think he he didn't give up a run. He I think he got two thirds of an inning, and looked good. I guess Pochet looked good tonight, but that came at a time that really didn't matter anymore. But yeah, I mean, it's just these. It's just frustrating. I mean, I games like this. It's just like this off I, this team. It's they're so much better than this. They're so much better than losing a series to the Phillies. The Phillies, I mean, they're they've been hot recently, but their offense is not as good as what they showed tonight. And our pitching, I think, is a little bit better than what we showed tonight. I don't think today's pitching is great on a normal day, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I do, I think we seriously need to go get pitching help because I mean, like you like the injuries you said the. the I mean, the guys that we're missing, we're not going to get back for a while. And I mean, Springs is out yeah. for a year, obviously, and Rasmussen's probably not coming back until at least August, probably September, given how rehabs typically go. So, I mean, he's virtually out for probably the rest of the re- remainder of the regular season. Maybe he'll get a start or two in, but I mean, we need, and I mean, McClanahan, who knows if he's going to be, I mean, He'll probably be back soon, but who knows if he'll be like he was before the injury. So, yeah, and it, it stinks because we're going to have to put a lot more on Taj, Taj's shoulders, and then Glass now is really going to have to bounce back. If we don't, like, I mean, 
we that's the thing. I think we have the pitching to not have to go make a huge move. However, I, I don't I don't think that I don't think Chirinos is gonna I mean, I know Chirinos probably won't eat, like he wouldn't start a playoff game. Like I mean, but it does like we need we still need that third or fourth guy and I don't think we really have that right now. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't I wouldn't feel comfortable with Taj pitching game three, but Yeah, I mean that would be a lot to ask on him. Um there's de- you know, I will say positive. Brandon Lau's back from the IL. Um, he's gotten, uh, he went two for three tonight. He had a, he had a hit in Tuesday's game. So definitely that's a positive sign that he's back in the lineup and hopefully that'll, um, help the team create more stability because I know that with having Bruhan in the lineup, it just wasn't the same thing. Uh, and you know, having, having him in wall, having Bruhan and walls up the middle instead of Wander and Lau up the middle is two completely different scenarios. So that's a positive sign moving forward. Hopefully that he'll, you know, if he can just continue to improve his hitting um, and and provide good defense uh, in the uh, at second base, uh, hopefully hopefully that'll help. I think that definitely the Rays are a different team without him in the lineup, especially defensively. Um, having to sw- you know w- even with uh, on days when Wander's not playing, just having Walls play as regularly as he's doing and Bruhan in there, it's just not the same thing as having. Uh, Lau and Wander and yeah the pitching I don't know what's going to happen during the uh, for the trade deadline because they still have like I mean we have like a month left until that point and I don't think the Rays are going to be making moves if they make any moves until the end of it I don't think they would go for any starting pitching because I think that their starting pitching is good enough with the amount of guys that they also have coming back off the IL Um, because Rasmussen is probably going to be back and he should be back in, in August, but I don't even know if he's going to be like healthy by that point. Um, and, and I don't know how he's going to feel. And I'm concerned to assume one thing over another, just because of what Ray's pitching has had to deal with in terms of long-term injuries sustained by pitchers. So um, I don't know about that. I know Shane hopefully will be back soon and he should be, hopefully he'll be fine which would then give the race three, you know, really, really quality starters before having to go to the back end of their um, rotation with Taj and Yanni or whoever the hell they use as their last guy. Also, you know, I'm not going to lie, not having Fleming there as well uh, to, you know, for, for, for some depth. I understand that he hasn't been the greatest pitcher in the world, but I think that this year has definitely been one of his better seasons compared to the last two. Not having him has definitely not been, um, great for the Rays in terms of pitching depth because he's definitely shown glimpses this year of of being a successful pitcher, kind of like what he did in 2020. I'm not saying fully like that, but just definitely similar to that. So uh, that was encouraging to see, but not having him along with that is, um, you know, just for depth reasons is, is I'm sure not great for the Rays just because the more depth that you can have at pitching, uh, the more guys that you can go to that's, that's, much more of a positive than it is a negative. I I mean, if they're going to go after anyone, I think they're just going to continue to make under the under the radar moves when it comes to the bullpen. I know that they uh, Andrew Kittredge just made his first, and he he won't be back probably until I mean I mean the end of July would be like uh, probably like an optimistic timetable for it uh, with him uh, in the FCL. Florida Complex League making his 
um, rehab debut over the last couple of days. So I would assume that he's probably, I mean, I would say re- realistic timeline is probably like early August that he would come back. I mean, if he can come back earlier than that, that would be great, but I don't know for sure. Uh, Armstrong is already back. We've already seen him be successful. Uh, Poche has been a good arm, like uh, like legitimately a good arm this year. Uh, probably one of the raised better bullpen arms. So that's been good to see. Um, Stevenson has been pretty good since he got traded over from the Pirates. Deekman has looked well uh, since the race picked him up off waivers. So that's four guys that they're probably, you know, uh, pretty consistently going to go to along with hopefully Adam can correct whatever the heck is going on with him because he's definitely not been as sharp as he, as he was last year. Um, and Pete Fairbanks uh, is another guy. So they're, they're going to probably find another, you know, one or two arms in there that they can go to, uh, for depth, I don't know if they would go for any offensive depth or anything like that in terms of getting uh, position players, but I think that definitely bullpen arms are in the mix for sure. I don't really know for sure who, but I definitely think that they'll, if they want, they'll go find someone who fits in their peripherals and they don't need to give up a lot for, and they'll be able to turn him into someone who's uh, good down the road. So I think that those sort of moves are probably going to be what they go to, if anything. I do. Th- I, I, I'm. I, I might disagree with you. I. I don't know. I think, like, what pitchers are really going to be on the block this this trade deadline? But like, I don't know. Like a cease type player would be good. Like I know we would have to give, give up a lot for him, but I, I could see us like. I mean. Yes, this franchise doesn't typically like to make those huge deals at the deadline, but I do think that when they think that this team has a legit shot at making at winning the World Series, um, obviously 2020 was kind of different because the whole the short season, so we didn't really. And I think our team, I mean, obviously our team was good enough to win, like it was good enough to win the World Series. We were two games away from win, we were two wins away from winning it. We made the World Series. The Dodgers were just better that year, like. The, the 2020 was a little bit weird just because of the shortened season and that team was so, so good that I don't know if we really needed anybody. Um, and then 2021, our pitching was so good, but I think our, our front office realized that our offense needed a little bit of it. And our offense was actually better than our pitching was that year, honestly. But um, our, our front office realized that I think we could have used an extra right-handed bat, so we went out and made – that Nelson Cruz trade, which at the time we were very happy about, but in the end we could, we would love to have Joe Ryan on our team right now. But I do think that our front office, like I said, they don't like to make those huge moves, but I do think that if they do, if they really truly believe that this team has a chance to be a world series winner, which they clearly are. I mean, despite this struggle that they've been on, like you said, there's by five games they're still first in the al by a lot of, by i think four games i think the rangers are getting better than the orioles so they still got a comfortable lead um i mean obviously the braves have been unreal the last month so they've taken over the best in the mlb mlb but we clearly are a top dog in the al and and the whole league so i do think that i think that the front office will realize that this pitching staff is not reliable, I don't think, anymore. I mean, maybe it will be, but at this current time, it is not reliable. And hopefully, and ho- I mean, hopefully it gets better. But at the same, even if it does get better, I still do think that we should go out and make a deal for a starting pitcher because, like I said, I, I mean, 
I don't really want to see Taj Bradley pitch in game three. I would, I mean, I, I still think he's a very, very good pitcher. However, I don't want to throw him out there in that high leverage game. And if things go south, then it kind of will screw up his confidence. So I don't know, like a, I'm going to look up what pitchers are maybe on the trade block, but yeah, I don't know. I would still, even if our pitching gets better, I'd still like this to make a move to get a starting pitcher. I think that those sort of moves are definitely in the cards. I just don't know who they would go for. I, I, I just think it's most are, um, you know, just with everything, I think it's most reliable to say that they're going to probably go after some bullpen arms, but probably not give up a lot to get those bullpen arms. So they'll go with the same sort of moves that they've been doing this year to kind of patch holes um, as guys come back. Because again, guys are going to be coming back off the IL so they can use those guys and they probably won't need to do a lot uh, in, in that regard. I'm guessing them banking on, um, the health of guys coming back, but it's, I mean, it's more than worth something to, to talk about. And I think we're going to talk about that more and more as we get into the all-star break. I want to make sure that we do talk about that brave series more in full, uh, talk about the rest of the Philly series. That's a win. Yeah. Go into talking about, I just, I was saying, I think if we go two and two, just go two and two of these next four games, I think I'm fine with the all-star break. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm fine with that. Um, I mean, it would be nice to get the 60 before the All Star break, but I mean, honestly, just getting to that point of you know just playing 500 baseball the rest of the way would be great. Um, and get, I mean, especially like I mean, at this point, I think the Braves might score 50 this weekend, considering how this pitching has looked. So, if we can win one game against the Braves, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So and we have. Tomorrow. Yeah. So. Uh, we have a little bit left to talk about the Philly series. We want to talk about the Brave series. I'm sure there'll be other things that are coming up in our head. Um, but what, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Um, and we'll be right back to recap everything on this latest episode of Race Rivers. Hi, everyone. Alex here with a quick word from our newest sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is your one-stop shop for tickets for everything from live theater and concerts to sporting events like race games. SeatGeek uses a color-coded scale to show you where the best deals are, with green being good and red being bad. If you haven't used SeatGeek before, we have a special deal just for you. Use code RAISETHEROOF, that's RAISE spelled R-A-Y-S, at checkout for $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. Again, that's code RAISETHEROOF for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Thanks so much to SeatGeek for sponsoring us, and let's get back to this latest episode of Raise the Roof. And we're back on this latest episode of Raise the Roof. Just remember, $20 off your first purchase using code RAISETHEROOF at checkout, R-A-Y-S, the roof, all in caps at checkout. Also, we still have our, our great partnership with In the Clutch. Same code, RAISETHEROOF, R-A-Y-S, all in caps. We'll get you 10% off at checkout. They also have free shipping going on right now, so this is a great time to take advantage of it. That comes back to support us as well. Happy, Happy July 4th. 4th. Happy belated July 4th, that is. Um, and for our Canadian viewers, happy Canada Day, because uh, that happened on July 1st. Uh, Evan is currently wearing a Durham Bulls shirt. If you guys didn't see what happened uh, on July 4th at Durham Bulls Athletic Park, my, I my, ac- accidentally called DPAB because it's not DPAB. <laughs> and uh, uh, my mother was at that game last night. Oh, she, she, she was. was. I can't believe she, first of all, I can't believe. Yeah, I can't believe she stayed for the whole game. First of all, I thought she probably would have left after she, after being down five zero, but she said it was incredible. She 
I mean, and, and she's, I mean, she saw Grayson Rodriguez on, from the Orioles farm system for Norfolk Tide, which is really, really cool. He pitched really, really well. But yeah, no, she had a lot. She had a very, very fun story to tell after that game. Yeah, um, I mistakenly said that because it's very, very similar to if you guys uh, keep up with your hip hop music and such. Uh, it's very, very similar. The name of D Bap is similar to T Pab which is to pimp a butterfly, which is Kendrick Lamar's uh, magnum opus, if you will consider it, um, for and, and his, it, and it for his looks work. Like, it, it looks like it would be the abbreviation to Tampa Bay, T-P-A-B. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, never mind. So I Let's got that out. messed up, and I put D-Pab on the thing hey, without it, realizing it. And then, I created, and then I created a um, – I, I don't know if I want to put it back up again – but I created like a like a Durham Bulls a Durham Bulls version of To Pimp a Butterfly, like the album cover with like Wooly Bull on it, like like his face on one of the people that's on the front, along with the Durham Bulls logo on the top right. Um, <laughs> so I got bored. That's awesome. I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, so they were down five nothing in the ninth inning. They came back and scored six runs. Uh, bases clearing double to to win the game, uh, which was really really cool. Um, so definitely that's in terms of positive things that have happened for the Rays organization over the last couple of weeks. That is uh, and, one of those things for sure. And it's okay. I get confused on that too, because there's also the, the DPAC in Durham. It's like their performance. It's the Durham Bowl or it's the Durham performing arts center where like Broadway play or plays will go. Um, it's a theater. Oh, that's so really confusing. Yeah, so it's the deep bat, it's the deep bat, bab. Sorry, and the deep pack. So it's it definitely gets the the abbreviations can get definitely a little bit confusing. But yeah, 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 not ideal, but it is what it is. So uh, let's go into talking about the rest of this Philly series, which is only one game, which you'll be listening to on the day that this gets released, and also the Brave series coming up. So the Philly series tomorrow, we have uh, Sean Armstrong. It's probably going to be a bullpen day for the Philly, uh, for the Rays. Um, against Christopher Sanchez, who uh, I believe also might be um, – actually, he might not be. Um, yeah, he, he's a starter for the Phillies. So Christopher Sanchez versus Sean Armstrong to start off, so it'll probably be a bullpen day, like I said, for the Rays. Going into the Atlanta series, we have Charlie Morton against Tyler Glasnow. Reunion, I believe this will be Charlie's first appearance back at Tropicana Field since he left the Rays. We have Spencer Strider against Taj Bradley. And then on Sunday, we have Bryce Elder against Zach Eflin. So three very, very interesting pitching matchups there uh, between the Rays' three best healthy starters right now with Shane not being there. Uh, You know, we have some familiar faces. We have some new faces because I don't know if the Rays have faced. I mean, they definitely haven't faced Bryce Elder before, but I don't think they've faced Strider either. Um, And... You know, possibilities of these Rays guys uh, also doing well uh, with 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 Glasnow and Taj and Eflin probably being the Rays' most consistent starter at this point. So, yeah, those are, those are the four games left for the All-Star break. Do you have any specific predictions or anything like that in terms of – I mean, you said two and two. Um, I'm not, how I mean, realistic I'm not do you gonna... think that is? I don't think it's very. I think we're gonna get swept by the Braves. I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know if that's just how we've been playing recently, and I'm just really pessimistic. But I don't know. It's it's the complete opposites. It's they're playing their best baseball, and I mean they're playing the best baseball in all in all of in all of the majors, and we're 
obviously not playing the worst baseball we've seen from this club. So I, I honestly don't, I just don't trust ourselves, our pitching to keep this Braves lineup under the, under like five or six runs. And we're probably not going to score five or six runs against Strider or Elder. So maybe we can get to Morton. Um, but I mean, if we win two games, if we win two games, if we win that series, that is like a monumental victory. Um, but I think we'll win tomorrow, but I honestly think we'll probably on during the weekend. Yeah, I'm not I'm not high on this team right now. I know that they've had chances to win the last few games and those chances have gone away uh, pretty badly. So I don't really know what to expect. I know that the next two games are probably the two best chances for the Rays to do anything because uh, and for for as good as Charlie Morton has been, you know, I feel like he's probably the most vulnerable pitcher just because of the fact that he is the oldest of the bunch and uh I'm, you know, we've seen him blow up at times when he was on the Rays, and he's definitely, you know, I'm sure he's a very, very familiar face to the guys who were on that team in 2020 and saw him pitch and know how he pitches. So hopefully that'll be an advantage. I don't know about the other two games. I mean, the other two games are as as much as I mean they could turn into disasters to be honest, uh, especially with Taj on the mound. Um, you know, rookie playing the you know as good as you know a Braves lineup that's been absolutely ridiculous and as of recently is now the best offense in baseball by a long shot uh, with the amount of home runs that they've hit and just consistent production offensively. So I don't really know what to expect. I'm just kind of, I mean, honestly, if we went two and two, that'd be great. I really thought that we were going to win today. Um, I I thought that I thought the race had a really, really good chance of winning today. And I mean, they got out to a lead and then they gave up that lead and they got to another lead and they just, back and forth, back and forth, and then they gave up the lead and then they weren't able to uh, take it back. So that's not really a good sign moving forward, but you never know. I will say, I, I feel like as a fan, this is just an aside thing from the series because I feel like the keys, I mean, the keys of the series, the keys to the rest of this race series are, are, are pretty obvious, that being that, um, or I guess the rest of this Philly series are pretty obvious, which is just find a way to get to Sanchez, make him make him pitch, um, get him out of the game early, try to expose the bullpen, and just get runs on the board. And then for the Atlanta series, just try to find some sort of way to contain the Braves, which just seems impossible right now. But, just, I mean, that's the only way that they're going to win is to contain the Braves. Because I'm sure that the Rays will have chances to be successful offensively. But if you can't limit the damage of the offense, especially guys like Ronald Acuna Jr., Guys, I mean, literally, like they they have eight all stars. I'm pretty sure the the entire infield is nominated for the all star game, either starting or reserve. So, like, they, there's it's hard to say that there's a weak spot on this team, uh, and they just need to find a way to to get through it. I don't know how they're going to do that, but they just need to find a way to 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 prevent them from scoring. Yeah, and it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be really really tough, but. We're right up there with them. I mean, I'm, I know I was just pessimistic a minute ago, but I'm trying to talk myself into it. But, I, I mean, we, we've been better than them for most of this, other than the past, what, week and a half, week or week and a half, we've been a better team than them record-wise. So there's no reason why we can't go out there and win this series, especially being at home. We've been really good at home, obviously. And we do have our best three pitchers, our three best healthy pitchers going. So... There really are no excuses, I guess. So it's just 
I just don't have any confidence in this pitching staff. And it's that complemented with the fact that the Braves can hit anything that's in their near vicinity. I just don't have a lot of hope. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, I wanted to say this in terms of this is just kind of how I felt personally. And, I, and this is something I need to work on on my own. But I, I feel like um, like last year it was a lot easier to not be as invested in the team because of the stretches of just mediocrity, um, medi- the stretches of mediocrity that they had during the season. It was very, very apparent that that was the case, that this race team was a team that could probably make the playoffs but wasn't going to do anything in the playoffs. So there was, you know, they weren't a perfect team and there were times during the season where, I'm sure if you just didn't care about them, it wouldn't really make a difference. Um, but I feel like as the team has gotten better, I like the fact that I've become more invested has made me a more toxic person as a result oh, because of like, totally. you know, and, and like, this is something that I'm working on with my own mental health and has been a work in progress for quite some time. But I, I tend to like, my mood tends to change depending on oh. what happens with the team. And I feel like oh, that's not, like people, this is a PSA to people. I shouldn't be be saying this, and you guys should know this on your own. Don't let sports dictate your life because it's stupid as hell. Like they're, you know, they're a fun thing for us to do. They're fun. They're they're a fun thing to watch. We we talk about it for fun on this podcast, and we like to put it out for you guys. But like, don't make it more serious than it needs to be. Um, and I, I feel like especially this season. Like, like over these last few weeks, I've definitely not been like as chipper as I normally am because of the fact that just like the team isn't performing well. And like, it starts to become more glaring when you talk with people and like, you, you can't like talk with people during a game because you have to watch the game and you need to make sure what's going on. Or like, you can't talk after the game because you're going to be pissed off and people know that you're going to be pissed off. Like, I, I feel like as the team has gotten significantly better to start the season now compared to where it was last year. I think it's just like it, it's 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 caused me to be a more toxic person when watching games, and I don't know if that's just a me thing because it sounded like that was also a you thing as well. But I like I I feel like that's a concerning I, I, trend. Re, re, say, re, re say what you the you cut out for a good portion. Sorry. Of that. So like I I feel like as the team has gotten better significantly, that's really changed my mood to a point where it hasn't like, you know, I've become way more toxic than I should be. And it's really, really tough for me to talk during games or before games or after games or anything like that. Like, it's just like, it's like, it scares me sometimes to where I get affected like that. Like I was, I mean, I was manic during the 2020 postseason run. Like I was, I mean, like during games, you could not contact me like like whatsoever. Oh. I, mean, I was like fully. I, I feel like that's like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing about sports. I, I think, I mean, I'm the same exact way. Like I'll never ever, like it's tough because I agree. Like sports should never dictate. It's weird. Yeah, I agree. Like, because it's sports are weird like that. Because it's like, I you want to say like they don't matter, but at the same time they do matter like a lot to me, and I'm just like and to you obviously like mm-hmm. like I like I find a lot of like I I end up looking forward to a lot of things that are sports related, and that's like that helps get me through some weeks that might if some weeks are worse than others, I'll think it's like oh like 
I have a Michigan football game to watch on Saturday, or I have a Rays game later tonight, or the Hurricanes play, like game later, or whatever. But it is a dangerous thing because I do agree. Like, I obviously sports team follow, and if Michigan loses, I mean, growing up it was kind of a joke. It was like, oh, if Michigan loses a football game, it ruins the whole weekend. And unfortunately, it kind of did, just because it's like, and unfortunately, it happened a lot because Rich Rod was an off coach, but. I mean, I like think this year's different because this year we've seen what this team can do. Obviously, like, obviously this team went thirteen and zero. First time it's happened in I don't even remember what it was, what the eighteen hundreds like that. And everything was going right. Everything was clicking. And like I I've said it a million times, but it's baseball. It happens. These stretches will happen. But it just sucks because you know that it's it's the expectations change. Like you said last year, we didn't have have high expectations. We were like this team doesn't isn't very special. Maybe we'll sneak into the playoffs, and we did, and didn't expect much from that. But so I wasn't like that upset. But this year, it, it was frustrating that we didn't score a run. But yeah, I wasn't that upset that we lost to the Guardians. They were a great team last year. Honestly, almost I mean they almost went to the ALCS. But this year, we know how good this team can be. Our expectations are so much higher, and when when this team doesn't. It's not that, that thing, the fact that it's like other like tonight's different, but these last couple of games, it's not like the other team has been better than us. We've honestly just shot ourselves in the foot, and that's when it's frustrating. It's like, oh well, we could have won that game tonight. One of those games. It stinks that because I thought we were going to win tonight too, especially what happened yesterday. But tonight's just one of those games. It's frustrating, but it happens in baseball. Like I'm not that upset about that. It happens it's like that blue jays game in may where we lost what 19 of zero whatever it was it was like those games happen in baseball it's one game got to bounce back that's the most important thing but i agree like you can't let sports and i mean i'm a hypocrite saying that i'm I'm also saying this to myself and that you can't let sports dictate like how you treat other people i think first of all um because i would all that would always be my issue growing up is that if something happened if like I said, if Michigan lost or the race had an awful game or something like that, a blown save or what have you, I would always take that out on other people around me. I'd always be pissy. And I know, and that's immature. That's a part of growing up. I get it. But at the same time, like they didn't do anything to deserve that. So you can't take it out on the people who love you and who are there for you. So. Yeah. 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 Just, uh, I mean, yeah. Win or, win or lose, just try to keep the vibes, the vibes. Um, and I, but even, I, I, mean, I know that's, but I'm not saying don't be disappointed. Obviously you can be, yeah. obviously, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, thinking of like, I mean, 2020 against 2021 against the Sox, those two games, um, 20, honestly, in the world, world series, I really, really wasn't that disappointed. I don't know about you. Like I was sad, but I just kind of realized the Dodgers were the better team. The Dodgers were so good that year. I was like, whatever it stinks, but it happens. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Like I wanted it to it was, happen, and I knew it just it just wasn't. It was similar to 2019. It was like the fact that we got that series to Game Five against the Astros was a win in itself. It would it would have been awesome to win that game on the road against Cole, but I realized I was like this Astros team, probably the best team I've seen not to win the World Series. Honestly, they were so freaking good, and Cole was the best pitcher on the planet by far. So I wasn't upset that much, but it all. Also, like being upset, I, like I said, it's completely okay to be upset after a tough game, which is also a fun part. It sucks losing, but those those good memories that you always like think of, like off the top of my head, like that Darno three run home run against the Yankees, I'll always remember that. 
Um, I mean, obviously the more stake, higher stake games, but Brasso and Brett Phillips game seven against the Astros, like those games, those like high points, it, it makes, it, I don't know if it makes up for the bad times, but it makes those times, the bad times make the, the good times even better. And that's not, obviously that's not a sports, that's not sports exclusive. That is a thing yeah. in everybody's everyday life. Is that, yeah, no, completely, completely agree. I, I just think it's a, like, I wanted to at least put it out there because I'm sure that other people are, you know, experience the same thing that, that we are. And it's a very, very, you know, this isn't something that's exclusive to just us. Like, like people deal with this all the time as sports fans. This is nothing that's, and, you know, exclusive to anyone. And going off what I just said, like, I don't know about you. And this is probably going to be like one of the douchiest things I probably say. But like during that, after probably like the sixth, seventh or eighth win in that 13 game win streak to start the year, I kind of just like didn't care. There was a point where I was like, oh, just another win. Like, this is awesome. But like. I, there's a point to where if you win all the time, it doesn't, you just become like, it's like, whatever. Like if you, it's more fun when you lose than you win, if that makes any sense. It's yeah. Cause I think it, I think it makes you anticipate the next win more. I think, yeah. I think that's what you're trying to say. Um, when you're, I don't, I don't, just another that I know that sounds like super douchey and it's like pretty entitled to say that. And I'm, like I'm sorry, that was just how I felt considering they won three training games in a row. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I do understand that. You know, at at a certain point, it can be like, oh God, they won again. Um, I also think that that's really cool, and you know, winning winning is definitely a lot of fun. Um, I did forget to say we forgot to mention Sea Geek as the uh, as as our keys to the series sponsor. Again, twenty dollars off using your first co- um using our twenty dollars off your first purchase using code raise the roof at checkout uh now quickly i want to get into our uh, uh or what players we think will be in the clutch for this series uh again 10 10% off any in the clutch order uh at checkout using code raise the roof plus they also have free shipping going on um so evan who uh what players uh will fit that billing over the next couple so days tomorrow i'm going to go with harold um he's kind of been slumping recently um kind of a theme for the team but Going up against the lefties, so I'm the lineup. First of all, I don't know why he's not in the lineup more often. I don't know why he's not really an everyday player. I, I feel like he plays like two or three times a week, which no idea why Cash does that. But tomorrow, I'm assuming he'll be in the lineup. He didn't play today. Lefty tomorrow. He's got the matchup. I'm assuming he'll play tomorrow. So I think he'll have a big day. Um, over the weekend, though, I'm going to – I'm going to choose Tosh. I think Tosh is going to have a bounce back. He's had two rough starts in a row. The start in Arizona a couple a week or and a half ago. And then the start in Seattle where things just kind of imploded. So it's going to, it's going to be, it might be a rude with that team in Atlanta, but I don't know. I, I hope and this is wishful thinking talking, but I, I think he'll rise to the occasion and I'm going to choose him for a pitcher and then hitter. I, I think Randy, I, I think Randy, he always loves those bright lights. Randy land will be rocking on Friday and I'm assuming the whole series will be rocking should be packed house top two teams in the MLB. So he loves those. He loves the loud noises, the crowd. So yeah, I'm choosing him. Yeah. I'm going to go with, who am I going to go with? I am going to pick, I'm trying to like think through. The roster of the next guy. I'm gonna go with Glass now. 
because I want him to do well uh, in that in that first game. I just want him to continue to build confidence as he's getting back fully healthy um, from injury. Uh, and finally, I can go with Bilal again. And he yeah. looked pretty good over the last couple games, hoping that he can continue that moving forward. Uh, but I just feel like the Rays, even if he's not like fully performing at his best offensively, I just feel like the Rays are a more sound team all around when he's in the lineup and he's playing. He's got to stop striking out, though. Like he he has yeah. been good, but those three strikeouts yesterday, there was one. I think the, I think the last one, not a pitch was in the zone. And he struck out. So, he yes, he's. I think he's what three of eight since he's come back. I think three of seven. Um. Uh. I yeah. I mean. Out. I mean. He's he's been pitching well, which is good. Or sorry, he's been hitting well, which is good. Yeah. So that's a positive to see. Last thing I want to discuss before we end this is I wanted to. Like, it sucks. This is kind of a sucky conversation because I want, you know, the the conversation of bringing up Jonathan Aranda after what he's done in Durham over the last month is a very, very palpable conversation and something that should be had. It's just there's literally no room for him. Like, like that's it. I mean, I, maybe they could bring him up as, like, a bench bat, but, like, I just feel like the Rays probably think that there's no room for him, which sucks because he's playing out of his mind right now. And I he he was pretty good when he was up in the majors, and I feel like he should get another he was, shot. I mean, considering how bad our offense was last year, he was probably one of the better players on our offense last year when he came up. I mean, obviously this might be a ridiculous thing to say and kind of radical, but I think if B-Lau – I think, yeah, we have, what, a little less than a month till the trade, trade deadline. I think if B-Lau shows he's, like, a little bit, like – he bounces back a little bit. Hits a couple. Like he's he shows that he's he shows that he's been better than he was. More so at the beginning. Like he shows like he was at the beginning of the year. He's playing like he played against that white in that White Sox series. Could we maybe trade Aranda for a starting pitcher? I mean, I know that would be huge, like a ridiculous trade. No, nah, that maybe I, I thought I, has, I thought you were going to trade Bilal, and I was like, Jesus Lord. No, we, I, we I think that Aranda is definitely a trade piece. Like I feel like he's turning into that more than anything. That's what? Like I, I would think I would say trade Bilal, but we I don't think we would get much from him. We would we could get a very very good starting pitcher. With probably, I also don't want to trade Bilal because I just think he's too valuable. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think if we trade Aranda, we could get a very very good starting pitcher with years of control. Yeah, I but don't, I, don't want I to mean. Do that I don't want to do that if Bilal doesn't show anything. If he's lifeless at the plate, I don't want to give up his replacement, possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think that he is – I mean, he's very, very easily a trade chip. I just don't know if the Rays would want to use him as that. Um, I mean, they could certainly do it. I just want him to get more time in the majors if the possibility exists. The problem is is that it's the same thing as the reason why they traded uh, Nathaniel Lowe and now he's doing really well in Texas is – there was just no place for him, and he was just wasting space in the minors, and he was, I'm sure, running out of options as well. So they just decided to trade him. Um, and I, you know, I'm I'm afraid if that same sort of situation happens with Aranda, uh, I mean, the same thing could happen. Is is that you know he ends up being really well in whatever other team that he's playing for, and I just don't want the Rays to waste his potential because. He is a really, really good hitter. I understand his defense isn't necessarily what the or- organization wants or what fans want, whatever it is, but I just think he's too good of a hitter for the Rays to give up on him. I mean, 
he yeah, I mean he was he was like unconscious last month. And and the thing is like it's not like B is like an elite defender either. Like B Lau's no. he's an oh he, he's, he's a better a defender. defender. He's a, he he's he's, he's, he's definitely a better defender. He, yeah, but his offense his his defense doesn't overcompensate for his offense like Aranda's does does. Like Aranda's or, offense or is so least, good that he can kind point. of suffer. Yeah, as of right now, as of right now. Obviously, give him a couple weeks after the injury, but yeah, yeah I don't. I mean, it, it's it's definitely a conversation that we can continue to have about what to do with Aranda because he's a really really good player who deserves some sort of love and some sort of playing time whatever it might be, he might be used as a trade chip that's unknown as of right now. But, that, I mean, the possibility of that is definitely not zero. There is more than a possibility of that happening. Um, I think with that being said, I think that's going to – also, last thing, All-Stars. Two, Ray, Ray's got two starters in the All-Star game, Randy and and Yandy. Shane was picked as an All-Star um, pitcher, even though he's not going to play because um, he's hurt. Uh, Wander too, but... got – yeah, he probably would have started. Wander got his first All-Star nomination replacing uh, Aaron Judge um, or, you know, a good player replacing Aaron Judge. But just let it let it be known there, were, there was a reason why it was done that way. Uh, and Rainey's also going to be in the home run derby, uh, which we'll probably talk about before we, uh, you know, uh, before the All-Star game. I'm sure that we'll discuss everything in and around the home run derby and all of that good things. But I wanted to make sure that we talked about that. Uh, with that being said, it's going to conclude things. Lunch. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, he's going to be facing Adolis Garcia in the first round. So, oh yeah, uh, it's a lot of uh, two lot, similar lot play, of power two very, very, ones. Two, two very like similar players. I feel like yes, yeah. I think it should be. I think it should be a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, this is going to conclude thing. This is or that's going to conclude things in this latest episode of Race of Roof. We really appreciate you guys continue to support us. We just hit 6,000 followers uh, on Twitter recently. So thank you guys a lot for that. It's insane that we've reached that point. Um, and we're definitely continuing to grow on Instagram more. Um, hopefully we'll continue to do that. Hopefully Twitter won't decide to blow up on us because Elon doesn't know what the hell he's doing at the helm of Twitter. But, you know, that's not our fault. That's his fault for being incompetent and stupid. Um, uh, continue to support us on social media, Razor Roof TV, um, on our over social media platforms. We might expand. We don't know right now, but we'll definitely let you guys know what's going on uh, and these podcasts continue to support them as you guys have been. I would like to gauge some sort of interest in terms of whether you guys think that we should put these sort of episodes online, um, just like the video versions of them on YouTube. I know that we could probably clean them up with some editing and stuff like that. But if you guys want to see that, make sure to let us know um, uh, either on Twitter, uh, uh, in and comments. A on... possible website coming back too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I definitely think that we're going to try to, get things back to definitely like we're going to go, we're going to do it gradually, but we're going to try to get things done as much as possible. So stay tuned for that. Uh, With that being said, thanks so much for listening. And as always raise up, raise up baby.